The year is 1991. The venue is the illustrious Palace of Auburn Hills, and the battle lines are drawn. The Isaiah Thomas-led Detroit Pistons, the reigning NBA champions, are up against Michael Jordan's Chicago Bulls in Game 4 of the Eastern Conference Finals. With the Bulls one win away from sweeping the series, they have a commanding lead late in the fourth quarter. But something unexpected happens. Isaiah Thomas and his fellow Pistons teammates, with 7.9 seconds left on the clock, walk off the court. They didn't shake hands. They didn't offer congratulations. The team dubbed the Bad Boys simply walked off, leaving the Bulls to celebrate their victory. This moment, known as the walk-off, encapsulated the bitter rivalry between Isaiah Thomas's Pistons and Michael Jordan's Bulls. But how did we get here? What fueled this rivalry to reach such heights? To answer that, we must turn back the clock and trace the journey of these two titans of the game. Welcome, basketball fans, to the inaugural episode of Battle of the Ballers. This is the podcast where we dive deep into the legendary rivalries that transformed the NBA. In this series, we unravel the intense rivalry between two of the greatest titans of the game, Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas. First stop, Wilmington, North Carolina. This modest port city is where a legend was born, Michael Jordan. Jordan was the fourth of five children. His father, James, worked at an electrical plant, and his mother, Dolores, was a bank teller. His father, in particular, played a pivotal role in his approach to life. My father used to say that it's never too late to do anything you wanted to do. And he said, um, you never know what you can accomplish until you try it. While his parents instilled a solid work ethic, what actually kindled the fiery competitiveness in Michael? The competitiveness that he is known across the globe for. That credit goes to his older brother, Larry. Larry never shied away from disclosing the intensity of his competitive spirit. He asserted that among the Jordan siblings, he was the most determined, the most unwilling to accept defeat. Larry's approach was straightforward. If he lost a game, it wasn't merely a loss. It was a call to arms, a challenge that demanded a fight. This was the way of the game for him, the way he was. To this day, Michael Jordan gives credit to his brother. I don't think um, from a competitive standpoint, I would be here without the confrontations with my brother. When you come to blows with someone you absolutely love, That's igniting every fire within you. This competitiveness, this fiery passion that Larry and Michael shared would soon be put to the test in a way Michael least expected. Despite his apparent future destiny, young Michael, a high school sophomore at the time, was cut from the varsity team. The reason? He was considered too short. A verdict that seems almost laughable now given the heights he would eventually reach. Yes, you heard it right. Michael Jordan, the man who would go on to redefine basketball, was once judged too short to make the team. But greatness isn't deterred by setbacks. His mother's advice to turn a negative into a positive became his mantra. And a growth spurt 
added four inches to his frame, Michael returned to dominate his junior and senior years, leading his team to the state playoffs and earning a scholarship to the University of North Carolina. Under the guidance of renowned coach Dean Smith, Jordan donned the Tar Heels blue from 1981 to 1984, leaving a lasting legacy over three spectacular seasons. In his freshman year, the 1981-82 season, Jordan played 34 games, averaging 13.5 points, 4.4 rebounds, and 1.8 assists per game. He was already showcasing a natural knack for shooting, boasting a field goal percentage of 53.4%. Fast forward to his junior year, the 1983-84 season, Jordan continued to amaze in his 31 games, averaging 19.6 points, 5.3 rebounds, and 2.1 assists per game with a 55% shooting average. Bear in mind, these were the days before the three-point line was introduced in college basketball, so Jordan's already remarkable stats don't even account for what could have been from beyond the arc. But stats alone don't narrate the full story of Jordan's college years. As a freshman, he led the Tar Heels to a national championship, etching his name into the rafters of college basketball with his famous game-winning shot. After his junior year, Michael Jordan made the decision to skip his senior year and enter the 1984 NBA draft. There, the Chicago Bulls selected him as the third overall pick, setting the stage for one of the most memorable careers the NBA would ever see. And now we are ready for the third pick, and the Chicago Bulls, who have been drafting very high down through the years, and they have the third pick today. The Chicago Bulls pick Michael Jordan. So while Jordan was setting the stage for his legendary career, let's turn our attention west towards the vibrant city of Chicago, Illinois. This is where another basketball prodigy was preparing himself to be drafted three years earlier than Jordan. Isaiah Lord Thomas III. The man we know as Zeke, Isaiah Thomas, was welcomed into the world on April 30th, 1961. As the youngest of nine children, Isaiah's upbringing was anything but easy. He was born to Isaiah Lord Thomas II, a hard-working plant supervisor, and Mary Thomas, a dedicated school kitchen worker. Initially, the Thomas family led a decent life. However, their world took a harsh turn when Isaiah's father lost his job. This financial strain led to tension within the Thomas household. Unfortunately, Isaiah's father's frustration often manifested in outbursts directed at Mary and their children. Over time, the strain proved too great and his parents separated, leaving his mother Mary alone to shoulder the immense responsibility of raising nine children. And Mary rose to the challenge. She worked tirelessly across multiple jobs in a school's kitchen, gymnasium, at the community youth centre and even the housing authority of the city of Chicago, doing everything possible to provide for her family. In the midst of these difficult times, a young Isaiah found his solace, his sanctuary, on the rough concrete of Westside Pocket Park's basketball court. Thomas recalls his time at the West Side Courts. Oh, anywhere on the West Side and say, meet me at the court, 
and they know what you were talking about. That's where I really learned to play. There were some basketball players there. I mean, some basketball players. You could always get a game there any time of day, any time of night. Uh, me and my brothers used to go over there with snow shovels in the winter so we could play. Isaiah looked up to his older brother, Lord Henry, who was a local basketball star. Isaiah would watch, learn, and eventually join him on the court, starting to carve out his own legacy. So enamored was Isaiah with the sport that he would secretly slip into his brother's high school basketball games. His neighbourhood was a battleground, gripped with drugs and violence. But for Isaiah, his addiction was the bouncing ball and the swishing net. For Isaiah Thomas, basketball wasn't just a game. It was his refuge, his hope, and his dream. The court was his escape from the gritty realities of life. And it was there he honed his skills and discovered his extraordinary talent. Isaiah's brilliance with the basketball caught the attention of legendary high school coach Gene Pingatori, who saw in him a star in the making. Under Pingatori's tutelage at St. Joseph High School, Isaiah began to blossom, both as a player and as a leader. Isaiah Thomas's devotion to basketball eventually led him to Indiana University. Under the guidance of legendary coach Bob Knight, Isaiah's basketball journey took flight. Coach Knight came in and he said, I'm going to offer your son three things. A, he's going to be a gentleman. B, he's going to graduate from college. And C, I'm going to teach him everything about the game of basketball that I know. In his sophomore year, in 1980-1981, to Isaiah played 34 games, averaging 16 points, 2.8 rebounds, and 5.8 assists per game. His sharp passing and scoring prowess set him apart, and his leadership on court helped guide his team to the NCAA championship title that year. That was the moment when Isaiah's name resounded through every corner of college basketball. But his journey was far from over. After just two seasons, he made the monumental decision to declare for the NBA draft. And then, on June 9, 1981, a new chapter began. Isaiah Thomas, the kid from Chicago's West Side, who found salvation on the basketball court, was selected as the second overall pick by the Detroit Pistons. Go to that. Detroit picks six foot one, 180 pounds. Isaiah Thomas of the University of Indiana. Isaiah. And just like that, Isaiah's childhood dream became a reality. But little did he know that his true test, his biggest battles, and his fiercest rivalry were all yet to come. There you have it, Hoop fans. The origin stories of two of the basketball's most influential figures, Michael Jordan, the relentless competitor from North Carolina, and Isaiah Thomas, the Chicago kid who found his way out of hardship through basketball. But our journey is just beginning. The stage has been set. The players have made their entrances. And their paths are about to intersect in ways that will forever shape the landscape of the NBA. Join us next time as we peel back the layers of their budding careers to indomitable Detroit Pistons, the ascension of the Chicago Bulls, and the ignition of a rivalry 
that would go down in history. Before you go, if you like heavy metal and stories, then you'll love Battle of the Bands, the narrative form metal podcast that unpacks the biggest rivalries in rock and metal history. Season 1 took in Megadeth versus Metallica, and Season 2 went across the divide to explore the beef between Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. It's like Business Wars, but metal. Find Battle of the Bands wherever you listen to your podcasts or visit battleofthebandspod.com.